2: You ready? We're off and running here in Cleveland. This is the Rich Eisen Show. With guest host, Ryan Leaf.
4: With the second pick, the New York Jets select Zach Wilson. With the 14th pick, the New York Jets select
1: Elijah Vera Tucker.
2: Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles, today's guests, former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov, NFL Network reporter Steve Weish, plus your complete NFL draft Recap and more. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ryan Leaf.
4: Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. Yes. Another day. Wow. Bromance. I told you yesterday there's a bromance brewing here. <laughs> Who can't quit you? Yeah. Can't quit me, guys. <laughs> what a do. TJ uh, Jefferson here to my right, Jason Feller. Hey. <laughs> ones and twos, eight. right there. He said, hey, <laughs> wow. hey, Chris Brockman, as always, helping me out uh today. I'm what's Ryan Leaf. What's up, buddy? Filling in for Rich Eisen, by the way. What's um, up? Cousin? What's up? Uh, did something go down yesterday? That was kind of uh, oh, a big God. deal. I, I,
5: um Impact Wrestling had a card on where Kenny Omega was supposed to come. To Kenny defend, Omega defend the. A- oh wait a minute, that's not what we're.
4: I did a. Li- in- I did like a live reaction show last night and. I could only make it through ten picks. <laughs> I just—I was like, I'm—I'm I'm tired of reacting to it's this. I just—I did lot. this all day long. How long? It took four hours and fifteen minutes last night for the first round of the NFL draft. Okay. It was long. It was long. It was long. Um, but that's because it's made for television, right? That's no, it sweet. is. It is definitely you know, made for television. It is a TV program. It is a TV program. Yeah. Kings of Leon, bring Kings in. Of Leon, you let's know, go. playing Sex on Fire before the.
0: Yes, this is I
4: Um. First round NFL draft. Uh, The biggest story, the bombshell right after we got off the air yesterday was all of a sudden all these stories started, you know, percolating, coming out that Aaron Rodgers is done. He thought he was on his way to San Francisco Wednesday night. He He thought he uh, the the Packers had told him uh, we are going to trade you this offseason and then about faced it and said, no, you're going to stay put. And he was just like, I'm just I'm just tired of you guys doing nothing for me, right? Never drafted an offensive player in the first round of the NFL draft during his time there, except who? Jordan Jordan Love. Jordan Love, (laughs) his replacement. So thank you for nothing, Green Bay. You had a uh, next-generation quarterback over a lengthy period of time, and you were only able to get to one Super Bowl. And uh, this is a terrible miscarriage of justice by this Green Bay Packers organization through that time. I hope he gets to a place where he gets another chance to win a championship. Now, San Francisco seemingly is out of the conversation. Now, we're, we're going to have to get into this San Francisco talk because if they're pushing to get Aaron Rodgers after they've made this trade, they weren't, they weren't settled on Trey Lance then. It was They didn't know what the hell they were doing. Like if they can get Aaron Rodgers and not have to draft a quarterback at three and take somebody like Kyle Pitts, then it's a what does that look like? So we're going to get into the, we're going to get into all the picks. We're going to get into uh, the picks that I think were, were terrible mistakes. There was about five teams that we're gonna we're gonna take the uh, uh, the tisk the tisk to here in a little bit. But the Aaron Rodgers story, I don't care how big of the draft was yesterday, it dominated everything. Mark Schreerleth on his radio show, like, uh, minutes before the draft started, came out and said, Denver now has a deal as close as you can have to being done for Aaron Rodgers to Denver, and then all of a sudden, at the ninth pick, the Broncos take <laughs> Patrick Sertain the second. <laughs> yep. And then everybody's trying to wrap their minds around what that could mean or what that could be, and, oh, maybe, they, maybe they're maybe they going to send it, him along to Green Bay uh, as a flip-flop and I go, why did Green Bay take another corner at the end of the round? They needed a wide receiver. It, it, they needed a guy that was in the middle. Elijah Moore for me was was the guy uh, that you have to go with there. And they once again take a corner. People say, well, they needed a corner. Did they? They had three picks in the NFC championship game last year. I don't think corner was the problem. So again, the Packers do nothing to help Aaron Rodgers. And If they don't choose to do anything and forcibly say, hey, you play out your contract here, um, I don't know what happens. The word is that Aaron says, hey, I'm either out of here or I'm done playing. Jeopardy host, I guess,
0: next. Seems like it. It may be some kind of game show. I remember Chris Sims came on here yesterday and said, he's heard all the scuttlebutt. He knows Aaron's unhappy, expects him to play this year, but that's it. This will be his last year in Green Bay. We'll see. We'll see what kind of standoff results from this because one is coming. He is pissed.
4: He's and a, that pick last night didn't help. No, I mean, just another, just another uh, example just of another
0: fu to Aaron right.
4: Rome. Why do they keep doing it? I, I have no idea. I've never seen a guy that's been more important to an organization been given the middle finger by the organization just constantly year after year after year. And it's now it's it's, it's almost become like a joke yeah. now that, oh, Green Bay's not going to do anything to help Aaron Rodgers here. They're just, they're they're not going to. And it's, it's funny now. It's not funny to Aaron Rodgers. He clearly does not want to be a part of that conversation anymore. But the first round takes place. Nothing new, right? In picks one and two, Trevor Lawrence to the Jags, yep. Zach Wilson to the Jets. Um, we talked to... Chris Sims yesterday, and we had Rich on the show to talk about his time there and him being a Jets fan. And I just, I, I simply said, you know, unfortunately, last night was Zach Wilson's highlight with the New York Jets of his career. We'll see you in three years with a new head coach and a new quarterback, whoever that's going to be. Oh come, oh, come on. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. You know, he's going to the Jets. It's the Jets' fault. All right. But maybe they'll figure it out this time. Yeah, maybe they will. Yeah. And I and I am all Total for that. I will allow yeah. that. I will allow that to happen. The playbook of Mormon. There we go. <laughs> New Zach City. New Zach City. <laughs> How did we not come up with that? I can't believe we didn't
0: think about that when we were all about Zach's Fifth Avenue. And
4: all this, but the New York Post, New York Daily News, the New York Post back page, nailed of course, it. nailed it. Nailed New it. Zach City, New Zach, Zach City. City. I am
5: so disappointed in myself, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better than that. I I
4: mean, so. I, I want. I'd love to see what the what the uh, New York Post in the, in the in the had when Darnold was, was secured, and when Sanchez was secured. You know, it's it's this is the same thing. There's a reason why bad teams are always drafted at the top of the draft and going through this process. The New York Jets are a bad organization from top to bottom systemically. So therefore, until I see some sort of other evidentiary proof, this is the road I'm walking with them. I'm like, all right, I'll see you in three years when you get a new coach and a, a new quarterback again. That's what they do. That's what the that's what the Jets are known for. That's what the Jets do. They don't win games and go to playoffs. They get new coaches and new quarterbacks. Then the biggest question mark of the whole night, what were the San Francisco 49ers? I mean, our whole show was dedicated to this pretty much yesterday. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? It's been the
0: intrigue since they made the move.
4: And then when the pick was read, Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State, I was kind of like, Yeah, that wasn't there wasn't too much intrigue in that. That's the that's the way it was gonna go. This this Mac Jones thing, I don't know what that was even about, people. And it's not his fault. And then then he's sitting there in the green room. Yeah, you know, and people are talking about him sliding back. Hey, when the first mock drafts came out, he was like mocked at twenty eight to the Saints, right? So fifteen to the Patriots is a huge step up, and. Before the season started, he wasn't even in the conversation of being drafted, like maybe fourth round, fifth round, or something like that. So this is a coup. And he's going to one of the greatest franchises in the history of the NFL, the New England Patriots. Now, the question is, did New England want Justin Fields? Because that was the other biggest move. I didn't know what Atlanta was going to do. Were they going to shop out of there? No, they went with Kyle Pitts.
0: Yeah, safe, smart pick. Seems like they... You know, by all reports, didn't get a good enough offer to move down. So they take the guy. I mean, I think it's smart. I think he's going to be impactful. Boy, he looked
4: good in that suit. Did he? I mean,
0: (laughs) he might. It might have been the best dressed.
4: That's a handsome man. I can tell you right now. I'm a quarterback, which I was. (laughs) Works out. And, uh, And 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 I saw that guy walk out of the field. I'd be like, yeah, I'm throwing him. Yeah.
0: He's going to score 10 touchdowns this year. He's going to have 1,000 yards and 80 catches. Just lock it in.
4: That's going to be my guy. I'm going to throw to him. That's, okay. what, that's what a quarterback sounds like when he steps on the football field and he sees somebody he likes. <laughs> I'm throwing to him. I like that guy. I'm going to throw to him. <laughs> I like that guy. It's simple. And Matt Ryan's yeah, going to love that sometimes guy. Sometimes we make it more difficult as humans and as quarterbacks, but it's really simple. You step on the field you see somebody you like. You go, hey, I'm going to throw to that guy. A lot. <laughs> and then 11 walks by and you go, I'm going to throw to him a lot too. And then, then the running back sent back there is What about me? He's like, well, you're not going to get the ball much. Yeah, Just, go. I'm putting that out there right now. <laughs> Calvin Ridley comes running by real fast. And he's like, I'm going to throw it to him, too. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot, a lot. A lot. We have to score 50 points, by the yeah, way, again, defense to win. So, All right. <laughs> We're going to get into the, the meat of the draft and some of the, the, the god-awful picks, right? Uh, Bengals. Oh, they bungle it once again. The Dolphins. Come on, guys. Eagles, what are you doing? Howie, Howie, how do you have a job? And the Steelers and the Jags, okay? Uh, We're going to talk about those more. The biggest move of the night, right? The Chicago Bears um, didn't get it right with Mitchell Trubisky a few years ago. And they make another big move, right? They move up uh, all the way to number 11, uh, with the New York Giants, the Giants get the 20th overall, the the Bears' fifth round pick, and the Bears' 2022 first and fourth round picks. That this is a this Huge. is a haul Big for the trend. Giants. Big trade and Gettleman, and I get it that the Bears needed a quarterback, and I think Justin Fields is a guy that you go do it. That's a lot, that's a lot. But if he pans out and he develops and he's the he's the quarterback that they should have had in Deshaun Watson, what three years ago, four years ago, then it's well worth it. Well worth it uh, he was my number two quarterback so surprised that he he fell all the way to 11. um I'm I, I was a, a bit surprised as well that Carolina didn't after what I thought was a bit of a reach for JC Horn great cornerback out of South Carolina but at, you probably could have got him a little bit later that they weren't uh, taking calls from the Bears because the Bears had to look at like we have they, they had to have been really thinking that the Denver Broncos could actually take him at nine so I was I was really surprised they didn't move to eight but after it all went down and happened the way it did them moving into 11 and the Giants had nothing else to do there they wanted to take Devontae Smith at 11 and when that was uh when that was evaporated with the Philadelphia Eagles trade with the Dallas Cowboys to move ahead to take him the Giants were like we can move back uh we can get our guy that we want in uh, a wide receiver and they got a good one and Tony from Florida and boy put together a ton ton of draft capital so um, all in all it was an entertaining draft I don't like how long it takes those guys that do the live broadcast in all forms rich and the team and everything like that the amount of talking oh I did it for an hour and a half for 10 talking. picks and I was like 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 if you were watching my YouTube stream last night you had to have been going like boy Leafs tired I was yawning.
0: <laughs> That's always a good look. You know, for TV. it was not a
4: good broadcasting <laughs> look for me, right? You know, I was I was more invested uh, with uh, what this show was going to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, today's guests. All right, at uh, at twelve twenty Eastern, Thomas Dimitrioff, uh Dimitrioff from the Atlanta Falcons, former GM of the Atlanta Falcons, will get a good idea from him. And then Steve Weish from NFL Network, he covers. He's now exclusively covering the Atlanta Falcons too. So it's a big Atlanta Falcons day because I like them at 35 to do something at the quarterback position. And who's the next guy in that next group right outside the five. And we're also going to get, hopefully, uh, you know, the patriarch of the show here, Rich Eisen, to call in and, and fill us in in the third hour about everything that went on last night. And then what today's going to look like. Today will be the second and third rounds Uh, where the meat and the potatoes of these rosters are made. I really do believe this is where the general managers, the scouts, earn their money when they're able to get, you know, diamonds in the rough in the second and the third round. You really find that out, especially uh, at at certain positions. So look forward to talking to those guys. Big show ahead. Yeah, Um, and we want to hear from you, man. Do you like what your team did last
0: night? Are you pissed? Did you want them to take someone else? Did you want them to move up, trade down? Call us 844-204-RICH. Let's have a conversation because last night was huge and a lot of teams made a lot of good moves. But like you said, Ryan, a few were kind of questionable. So we want to hear from you guys. Give us a call.
4: Yeah, we're going to have a good conversation with that. Here, give us a call again, 844-204-RICH. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Thomas Dimitrov from the uh, former Atlanta Falcons general manager. You're listening to The Rich Eisen Show. Uh, I'm Ryan Lee, filling in. We'll be right back. All right, I I, I think after this weekend, I'm gonna play a little golf uh, after after all this draft goes down, and uh, I'm gonna try out the new. Uh, I'm gonna try out the new Callaway driver, the Yay. new Epic Speed driver. Yeah, you play you, you play that right? Oh baby, yeah.
0: I've never had better bombs in my life than with this driver.
4: TJ, do you do you do you do you swing that Callaway Epic driver? Well, you know, I'm, I'm more of a, a putting master, Ryan, <laughs> but, you know, I'm actually trying to expand my game. I and, think what I'm going to do and, when, um, I leave the, when I leave the studio today, I'm going I'm to snag that. Try oh. it out. Yeah. With the new Epic Speed Driver, Callaway is using artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence? Oh, my God. I'm going to be massive long with this now to massive. bring the future of the speed. All right, the Epic Speed Driver, it contains a jailbreak speed frame. Jailbreak is perfect for me, guys. And that's a great one. And an A1 design structure that connects the top and bottom of the driver immediately. Most players will love the forgiveness of the Epic Max. The Epic Speed is our fastest Epic. And the Better Players Epic Max LS capitalizes on the Tour Preferred combination of low spin plus high stability. Check out the Epic family of drivers at Callaway.com slash Epic. I... What makes my rounds is usually driving the ball in the, in the fairway. And the callaway epic for me does it it's it's accurate um i know where it's gonna go that's the biggest thing i know where it's gonna go therefore i know what i'm gonna do next and when you're playing golf yeah,
6: you need not, all the you,
4: you need to do that um, <laughs> when we come back thomas dimitroff from the former atlanta falcons gm is gonna tell us all about what last night was like we'll be right back on the rich eisen show
3: on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Oscar-winning actress who played Mona Lisa Vito herself, Marissa Tomei phoning into the Rich Eyes and Show. Are you there, Marissa? Hey. How, Hi, you, how you doing, Marissa?
2: <laughs>
3: Good. How you doing? I'm fine. So you just get dropped into the middle of the biggest sports story of the year. <laughs> What's this been like for you, Marissa? Uh,
2: I, I get a kick
3: out of it. <laughs> so, so basically your phone blows up saying you have no... That guess what? Bill Belichick just dropped Mona Lisa Vito in a press conference.
2: <laughs> yeah, I kind of had to catch up on what was going on and the whole... Uh, <laughs> Ballsgate or yes. Blake Gate.
3: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that should be the name. Ballsgate is a great name of this whole thing. I'm on the
2: phone. Pesci board. and I texted about it. We thought it was, we thought it was pretty funny. We, I, we both got a kick out of it. You, Joe Pesci texted you about this? Well, yeah, I texted him. He texted me. You know, we sent requisite emojis.
3: <laughs> what? Joe Pesci emojis? Is that... That, that it might was, be... You the- know,
2: the cute one. The, kiss, the blowing the kiss. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That might
3: be the biggest breaking news of this whole thing thing is <laughs> so Marissa seeing Bill Belichick play physics professor can you can you I guess uh, critique his performance as a physics professor was it believable in your estimation
2: Marissa? <laughs> I thought it was be pretty pretty, uh, pretty darn believable I thought he I thought he underrated himself didn't you I thought he went above and beyond <laughs> well I've, I've never heard
3: of a football coach dropping physics knowledge like that—he would kick my ass in a physics test right now. I could tell you that. You know. I
2: thought he could have maybe, he could have maybe done it with the accent though. Like, if there's activity in the ball relative to the rubbing process. <laughs> yes, you know he was talking about the funny. right?
3: Exactly. So, I love him. So I love him. So let me <laughs> ask you this final question, Marissa.
2: Yeah.
3: Knowing this character, Mona Lisa Vito, as well as you do. Clearly, you want an Oscar for this performance. You know this character inside and out. Do you think Mona Lisa Vito could acquit Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, get them out of this mess the same way she did Vinny's cousin? That's a lot
2: of pressure on on Mona Lisa. Yeah. Do you think she could do that? I, I think she'd want she'd want to because you know who doesn't who doesn't love him. But um, hmm. I don't know. Ultimately, maybe, you know, she's a New Yorker. Yeah. So uh, she's a Jet fan. <laughs> so
3: so she'd leave, Mona Lisa Vito would leave Belichick hanging? Is that what you're saying?
2: <laughs> I don't know. It depends how many other how other cases are in the queue, perhaps. So. <laughs> but he was definitely, you know, dead on balls accurate, as, as she would say. As she would say.
4: Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. Um, I'm Ryan Leaf, filling in for Rich, TJ, Jason, and Chris alongside What's me. here are talking all things NFL draft first round. And our next guest uh, was the former Falcons general manager for years and put together one of the best rosters uh, you can imagine. But uh, Thomas Dimitrov joins us now to talk about what went on last night. Welcome, Thomas. How you doing, buddy? Brian, what's up, man? I'm I'm doing good. It, it was a fascinating evening. A lot of mystery, and that that necessarily isn't always the case. We didn't really know what was going to happen at three and yeah, four last night.
1: That's exactly right. I mean, I was. It was one of the more intriguing, you know, top fives. You know, it, every year it's like that, as you know. I've, I've been at all parts of the draft. When you're back in twenties and above, it's it feels a little boring. Uh, when you're up in the early parts of the draft, of course, there's just a lot going on, there's a lot of trade information going on, a lot of discussion, so I was, this is the first time, Ryan, in in basically 30 years um, that I haven't been in a draft room, and interestingly enough, I texted Arthur, and I was about ready to uh, tell Arthur blank, like, thanks for putting me in that spot, I I say that facetiously, and and jokingly, of course, because we have a, a really good relationship, but there was a lot going on there, but from afar is what I'm saying, stepping back and watching it as you know, you probably have for a while. It was very different and intriguing for me in a lot of different ways.
4: It's definitely different when you're not, when you're not like intimately involved and the palpability in, in the room. Isn't there. You just, it is, you really realize it is a made for TV event now and it, the drama and the buildup and the drama that happened about two hours before the draft and Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP, name is is thrown out all over the place. There, tell me something: is the fact that he didn't move before the draft happened? And I know we're not done with the draft, but the first round is a huge part of this. Is 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 he does he have to be with another team before the draft is over, or he's expected to be a Green Bay Packer next year?
1: I think you know. I know Brian Gudikins pretty well and, and you know they're 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 adamant and, and uh, you know they are keeping him there. He is that organization. You and I both know, I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers, what he is for that organization. It is it is big, it is it is huge in so many ways. It was so good for Coach LaFleur when he came in and I knew him from being here in Atlanta, good football coach of course. It's a great spot to be stepping in as a a young GM and a a young head coach to having a quarterback like that. It's imperative that they get things right there. As you know, there's money involved here. There's a lot to it, I'm sure. Uh, I think there's more and more talk about that, though. Some of these big-time players don't like in the very end that they're anchored into these organizations as much as they love them. You know, look, we see what Tom Brady did. That's unbelievable that he would ever have left. I thought he was going to the West Coast, but of course he stayed on the East Side of the world and ended up, uh, you know, winning winning in our division at least uh, what used to be my division here. So, you know, I think he ends up staying there. They just have to work through this big contract. Hopefully, it's not too dusty right now to make it uncomfortable.
4: We're talking with Thomas Dimitrov, former Falcons general manager, two-time NFL executive of the year. Is it managed? I mean. We haven't heard Aaron Rodgers say anything, essentially. This is all back-channel stuff we hear from, from NFL insiders. But he is going to the Kentucky Derby this weekend, and there's going to be a microphone that's thrown in front of his face. It is, he's been so good with how he's handled the media through everything. He's but can he make this thing even more problematic with just a few words out of his mouth that, that complicate the, the situation more?
1: Yeah, I'm sure he could. Uh, Ryan, like, you and I both know, obviously, he's a very intelligent guy and very articulate, and he could choose his words uh, however he wants, and it it could. But the reality is it's out there now. I I keep coming back to the idea, and I'm dealing with it from a different level now, obviously, with all the rumors about Julio Jones, uh, which is probably a segue into another prime, you know, uh, first ballot Hall of Fame, and I say that respectfully to the process, and, you know, the talk about him moving from, from this team is, you know, having on my heels when I first heard it, Ryan, we, we, we sunk a lot of money into him, you know, and Matt Ryan, of course. They were two people that we were, we were planning on signing for the rest of their NFL careers. And now it's one of the reasons, as you know, that would lead to a, a cap situation that becomes tight in an organization like Atlanta when you invest that much money in people. But, you know, here is Julio right now and all this information out there. He has not spoken about it. Once those players start speaking about it, it does become more complicated.
4: If you're a general, you know, put on your general manager hat again uh, and and talk about those two situations. You are managing a team. Uh, you have to be a capologist, of course, and and understand in this year the cap has gone down where normally you have to be expecting the cap to go up because of the TV revenue. Uh, you're in a situation uh, with, with Julio Jones and uh, – uh, and, and you have to figure out a way to pay your players in this team to make it the best possible team you can. Same with the Green Bay Packers. It's a giant cap hit uh, with, with, with Aaron Rodgers. If you look to trade him and and everything like that, how as a general manager do you smooth over these uh, situations uh, and have those players on your team moving forward in a smooth, smooth transition?
1: Well, I mean, first of all, you have to step back as a general manager and really sit down with your financial people people and your your cap person and you really need to, you know, get up on the board and get really creative with how you're going to put, you know, put it all together. This is an anomalous year, obviously coming off of COVID and, and the, the decrease in, in what was expected to be a, a considerably higher salary cap. That said, we were never in, in our particular situation there in Atlanta. We were, we were very aware of what was about to come and and most teams were, so I, I I'm, every team was. So it wasn't like it was uh, a mystery. So in a situation like that, my personal feeling has always been, and I believe in pillar players. So pay your pillar players. Um, pay your pillar players. That's alliteration, I guess. But So you, you pay them. You know they're going to be high. And when you are, Ryan, paying market value for your top-notch players on your team and, and you're in a situation where you no longer have a rookie quarterback and you have – Again, one of the best uh, receivers to have played this position, making twenty-two million dollars a year, along with Matt Ryan making thirty million dollars a year, along with a handful of other guys who are making legitimate money. You know, Alex Mack was part of that group. He he left recently. That's a lot of money, and you have to decide as a, as a general manager, do you want to move some of these players? Be creative. Uh, move some of the you know the bottom ten that you have that you're paying. You have to really look at that and see where you're going to come up with the money because. You're more than likely not moving on from, of course, a Matt Ryan and a Julio Jones, who have a ton of dead money a- attached to them. Again, that's how we set it up. We were not planning on moving them. It becomes very complicated when you have dead money attached.
4: Yeah. Uh, your, your relationship with Ryan Gutekunst up in, up in Green Bay, so uh, crystal ball it for me. Uh, is, is Aaron Rodgers uh, the quarterback under center for the Packers next season when week one opens?
1: I can't imagine he wouldn't be. I can't imagine they don't look deep into that and figure it out. Again, you know this. You've been around it. You know the agents are very important in this, the management, the ownership group. That's a different ownership group there. It all has to be mapped out. It all has to be you know, strategically thought out and well thought out to get the deal done. And you have to continue to show love. And, and you know on both sides I think it's got to be mutual it's got to be win-win
4: Ryan yeah uh, his agent is Dave Dunn from athletes first my my old agent so uh, he'll do a, a a great job there in those in those conversations for sure all right so I, I love that we have we have you on the show today because I've really gotten involved this year on on NFL radio and, and doing this show talking about the NFL draft and what goes through the mind of a general manager because I've, I've developed this philosophy around what the NFL has become. And I just really think that in free agency, we saw a little bit more of it this year. And in the draft, I'd like to see more of it. You, you really go up and draft guys high that are passers, pass protectors, and pass rushers. And so when I see an opportunity in Cincinnati uh, where the Bengals have a franchise quarterback who was almost wrecked, uh, torn apart a year ago because of the liability in the offensive line, and you have a chance to get maybe a once-in-a-decade uh, offensive lineman in Panay Sewell, you still go and get the Ferrari of Jamar Chase, where I really think wide receivers, uh, you know, there are some that change the game, yours in particular, Julio Jones, but the, right now they are more of a dime a dozen, and what did you think about that pick? for the for the Bengals to decide to go with the the flashy wide receiver and not the you know I guess the 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 minivan that can protect you in in any way shape or form
1: well it's a great conversation Ryan I mean look this this is a situation that I thought good and hard as I was watching it as well uh leading into the draft thinking you know uh you know here's Duke Tobin he's basically their general manager there he's tried and true inside out knows his football players his dad was If you remember, I mean, his dad being the the Tobin who laid into Mel Kuyper back in the infamous interaction during the draft, Um, you know, look, these guys know how to put together a team, and they know the personnel. In the very end, your GM slash personnel VP needs to sit down with the coach and the owner in this situation and discuss the, the importance of having the ability to protect. And if you felt, if you feel as an organization, as a GM, and team builder that you have the makings to continue to build uh, around that offensive line to protect your guy. Great. But that is a situation where they need to continue to build there. So I agree with you to, to get a receiver. That's where my head was going in. There are a lot of good receivers out there. You don't necessarily always need to get them in the top five or 10. I love the idea of having Penny Sewell there. They must've had a reason and maybe in the end, the linking of you know a quarterback with his former receiver, it happened a couple times, right? That seems to be a little bit of a, a trend as well. I don't want to overplay that. The importance of protecting Matt Ryan in the past, and I thought about that over the years. I've learned some lessons, many lessons along the way, of course, but her offensive line and protecting Matt. Matt was the best when he had the best offensive line around him, and we were dialed in. And uh, you know, I hope Burrow continues to thrive there. They're going to make. They need to make sure that they have people around, and maybe they'll continue to go out in free agency. But that was a legit pick that they decided to move, and that's a big time organization move going with the receiver over uh, tackle.
4: Maybe they take Tevin Jenkins as the first pick, uh, as their as their first pick in the second round. We'll see. They need uh, offensive line help, or they're going to need, or Brandon Allen's going to be th- throwing to Jamar Chase, and no one wants to see that. Incident. so uh uh, let's go one more we got got two more two more things for you uh the move the bears made right they they take a sizable jump and give up quite a bit to maybe right or wrong they had a few years ago and not uh when they went with Mitchell Trubisky at two they move up and take Justin Fields out of Ohio State keep him locally in the Big Ten area to be the next quarterback for the Chicago Bears
1: I love it it was one of my favorite moves you know again you have Ryan Pace And, uh, you know, uh, Matt Nagy, two really good football people who, you know, it's a it's a complicated year for them, meaning anytime you have hot, you know, uh, and, and steam on your seat, so to speak. And believe me, I've been through a lot of that in 13 years. Sometimes those are the best times when you when you're aggressive and you shoot for it. They weren't on their hands at all, man. They 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 saw it and they went after it. Commended them highly. I actually talked to them uh, probably three quarters of the way through that first round. After and you could tell they were euphoric in their move because they know they they needed someone to come in there. They've been outspoken about the the the, the idea that Dalton's going to hang with him and they're going to grow. You know what Matt shared with me, uh, Nagy shared with me was like he was in Kansas City when when they were working on you know uh, Patrick and how they were going to continue to school him over that you know in seventeen and. I think it. I think he believes that he can continue to do that with Fields and doesn't have to force him into that spot. I think it was a big time move, an aggressive move, a ballsy move, and I and again, full on thumbs up on it.
4: It better work, you know. And unfor- unfortunately, it's kind of a almost feels like an Anthony Lynn situation, right? You go and draft your franchise quarterback, and unfortunately, if they don't have the season that they need. Uh, you know, it could be a bit of a lame duck year and the next guy could have the franchise quarterback. That's that's what sucks about it. But I love the fact that they went and did it with like they just they said, I don't care. This is what's best for the team and what could be the best for us. And if we're not here a year from now, you know, we, we did our best and uh, and, and we, we laid everything on the table. So I like that as well. Um, before you get out of here, we're talking to Thomas Dimitrov, former Falcons general manager, two time NFL executive of the year. Matt Ryan. Arthur Smith. I loved when Arthur Smith was hired as the new head coach. Uh, I thought it was a, a wonderful opportunity for Matt Ryan to kind of rejuvenate his career late late in in the, in the part of it. Uh, I think they're going to fit so well together, and I think Arthur felt that way too because there really wasn't much talk about quarterback anymore uh, when we were getting closer and closer to the draft. But do they go here in the second or third round and get that second tier quarterback? Uh, the Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Davis Mills, uh, and, and put him in a position in Atlanta to be uh, the heir apparent to Matt Ryan when it's all done.
1: Well, look, we we went through it. I mean, we all love you know um, Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub was there for a number of years, and obviously a, an aged veteran who did some really good things for us. But we were always looking in the neck, You know, at least if if I were to still be there, we were looking over the last year and a half. Who's going to be the heir apparent of that deuce? And, you know, will it be an eventual, you know, heir or, will it, or an heir or will it be someone that we're just using as a number two while Matt continues to, you know, hopefully take us to a Super Bowl? I personally believe on Matt, by the way, and I'm sure there are going to be a lot of questions about it around this city because there are a lot of people that, you know, they've watched Matt mature over the years and evolve. We, you know, got to 16 where we're just short coming up, you know, and historic loss. Matt had a hell of a season, of course. Here we are right now uh, in in Atlanta, and people are going to be asking, what was on the table there at that fourth pick? And was it truly contingent on what the 49ers did? And, you know, you have to think about that. As a general manager, you're looking at potentially a quarterback, you're looking at a tight end. It has to be the right quarterback that would come into the system here in Atlanta, pair with Matt, meaning – Kind of like like Aaron Rodgers did, you know. You have two or three years or whatever it is. That's not always easy to do. But to me, it, there wasn't a better place in the country to have someone with Matt. Who, by the way, I do still believe one hundred percent can win a Super Bowl. Ryan, you get the right play calling around him, the right system around him. Get him moving. Get the ball out. Boot. You know, play action. Don't let him hold on to the ball. And I really believe that he can move it around. What they have on that team. Um, so. My point on that is this, there's a lot on this organization right now, and you know, Matt's, Matt's a competitive guy, one of the most competitive people I've been around, and he's going to show everyone that he has a chance and the ability still to play two, three, or four more years and win a Super Bowl.
4: I'd love to see it. I really, really would. What, what teams do you think, give me a couple teams you thought that had, had the best draft in the first round last night, who, who in, in a sense won the first round? Give us a couple teams that you thought did a heck of a job.
1: Well, look, I I think Joe Douglas and the Jets and 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 uh, you know Sala Robert Sala they did a hell of a job again, picking Zach Wilson you know to be the guy to start carrying that organization and then you know that like I said with that kind of a draft and then and you trade aggressively and I'm all about aggressive trading in this league man it's it has changed a lot of people used to sit back and you have a lot different group of general managers I feel who know the urgency of not for long. Them moving up to fourteen to get Elijah Vera Tucker to me was a really good, really good pick for them. You know, to to come away in a draft to have a quarterback and a protector. It's it's somewhat similar. Many years back in '08, when we picked Matt Ryan, we moved up to get Sam Baker. Was it rich? Yes. Maybe we should have had him in the you know early parts of the second round. Should should you have waited for Vera Tucker a little bit? Maybe you could have. But that you went for it. You knew what your vision was with a new head coach. And a, and a sound general manager, a very sound general manager, and a good football team builder, you're going to continue to build that team. I'll be interested to see what the Jets continue to do here uh, down the stretch on the, in this whole draft.
4: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I have a problem with the Jets simply because they're the Jets, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to be seeing the same thing four years from now, new head coach, new quarterback. But uh, uh, hope I'm proven wrong. They were very aggressive, Joe Douglas, putting his stamp on that theme uh i want to thank you for taking the time thomas dimitroff former falcons general manager two-time nfl executive of the year thanks for joining us thomas talk to you soon thanks ryan we'll see you bud yeah um it's 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 interesting to hear the the general manager's kind of point of view i I was glad we had him on so i could ask him that question You know, because i have the theory around what you do and he especially with cincinnati at, at at five because I wanted to get into this, um, and uh, and we're we'll, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it before the hours up here on what teams we think had every opportunity to do the right thing and didn't. And we'll get to that when we come back. Call us eight four four two zero four rich. You're listening to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf. We'll be right back.
3: This is the last day you, sir, Brett Favre, will ever not be a Hall of Famer from sunup to sundown. I haven't thought about that. Well, but, but, you know, I mean, you're kind of... I'm the perspective guy. That's <laughs> what I do. What are your thoughts about the enshrinement here for the Pro Football Hall of You know, of sometimes,
6: because right? um, it's been, a, as we were talking uh, prior to coming on, it, it's been a busy year, mm-hmm. or last eight eight months, I guess. And you almost kind of get inundated with all the stuff and rather than just kind of like soaking it all in like this is really just an incredible honor. Have you thought about who is going to present you in Canton Um, next summer? Yeah um, I'm
3: not going to tell you Oh God no. Why'd you let me sit there for a few seconds like that, Brent? I mean, um, you thought about, like, I'm well, going mean, to throw it out there. you told me
6: prior to coming on here. Yeah. Drama.
3: Yes, drama. I did. Yeah. yeah. So, well, you drama. <laughs> it's so not, you know, it's so not rich. You, so you know who it is right now. You know who yeah, it is. Does that person know who it is? Right sort now? of. Sort of. Sort yeah. of. Is it Mooch? <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> if I had told you when you were starting out in in Green Bay, that you would be a pro football Hall of Famer with two grandchildren on the
6: day that you're going. Would you have believed No, I wouldn't have believed it. You know, it would would be, uh, yeah, like, really? It's just hard, you know, yeah, physically, but to be good Mm -hmm. or good enough for that long. Right. So everything I ever dreamed of, uh, hope would happen,
3: has has come true and then some you do realize that after tomorrow night when you're enshrined that is your last chance to announce a comeback
6: well I'm, you, do realize you know that, i was right? gonna ask you if, you know if, like say sunday if i
3: said you know i think i'm gonna play another you can't do that you can you will can. you will you do that on NFL game day morning? Will you make that announcement on NFL? Well, Network? I'll see how I feel Sunday morning. <laughs> Sorry, wake no. up, you know it's yeah. a Super Sunday. You might feel that itch again. Do you miss it at all though? One day where you're just you know I, up like I,
6: I, just, I really don't. Um, you know I miss the kind of the non football stuff. You, you know funny events and stuff. Right. But not you know, if you know you see a big win. Yeah. You go yeah that's that's good. But the, the other team. Yes. I don't miss being the other team. And it's just a matter of time before the bad hits, before it mm-hmm. comes mm-hmm. and gets you. Yeah, so I don't miss that.
4: Welcome back to the Rich Eyes and Show. I'm Ryan Leaf. A uh, great conversation there with Thomas Dimitroff. Uh, sparked a lot of dialogue. I'm here with TJ, Jason, and Chris. Chris, we've got a bunch of callers who want to discuss this a little bit about what went down last night, don't yeah, we? Yeah,
0: man, let's hit the phones right now. Like I said, 844-204-RICH. You want to talk about your team. What Did you like it? Did you not like it? Let's hit the phones right now. Let's go to Stan in Kentucky wants to talk Packers with you, Ryan. Stan, what's up?
5: Hey, thanks, Ryan. Good to see you again on the show Hey, I'm just distraught, man, being uh, one of the 400,000 owners and such. I just can't believe it's came to this. I called in earlier in the year when we thought this could have been possible, but is it broke forever or is there hope? That's all I'm asking and really wanting to know because, you know, they haven't really drafted well for him or for him at all, and... They lied in it, made their bed. And is there any way to uh, get him back and
1: make this thing right? That's my question, sir.
4: Thanks for the call, Stan. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, it, they continue to kind of just throw the middle finger up to Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, they go and draft Eric Stokes out of Georgia, a cornerback uh, that does nothing for—I mean, nothing for what Aaron Rodgers needs to compete when he meets up with Tom Brady uh, or, you know, now Trey Lance in the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship the last two years. That he needs something different, and they just haven't done it. So, if, Stan, if you were in Aaron's shoes, all right, have some empathy around this. If you were in his shoes, how, w- how would you react to what the Packers have done over the last decade to help him get back to a Super Bowl and win a championship? Because I- I would, I would, there would be some resentment there for me, definitely. I know uh, I'm, I'm talking to him like he is <laughs>
0: <laughs> the voice of God, right? Sorry, the voice of
4: the rich Eisen and voice. Uh, <laughs> that's the question. Like, you know, if, it, uh, if you're a Packers fan or one of the 400,000 owners, put yourself in his shoes, you know, have some empathy, how you fix this. I don't know how you fix this. I really don't. Thomas said Thomas Dimitrov who we had on just a little bit ago talking about how you mend these fences. I don't know if you can if the reports are true and they've come out of Adam Schefter's camp and he says he, he no longer wants to be in green Bay and is not going to go back under any circumstance. That to me tells me that this is an unfixable situation. And if that's the case, we may have seen the last snap taken by Aaron Rodgers as an NFL quarterback. Cause I do know for a fact he, he can walk away from the game right now and feel fulfilled, happy, and, um, rich and r- very rich yes yes very He's much so about to be the jeopardy host I mean, like, like. well i mean you go from making 35 million dollars a year to making five million dollars a year I, I guess it's you know yeah. it's all relative but you're gonna uh, feel poor after that yeah you're gonna you're gonna be like uh, I, I can't simply afford this malibu beach house anymore <laughs> we'll see but uh it'd be a lot cooler if you did <laughs> Yeah, every year <laughs> I get older, they stay the same age. Yes, all they right, do. All, all right, right, all right, all right. All right, right. Air all right. what else we got all there, Brock?
0: Uh, let's talk Patriots. Let's go to my home adopted state in Maine. Jeff in Maine likes the Mac Jones pick. Jeff, explain yourself.
5: I couldn't sleep last night. I was so excited. It was the Super Bowl for me. I Mac Jones was there at 15. Are you kidding me? And, I, and Bill, we trust uh, my wife yelled at me and said, you're 46 years old, grow up. And I'm screaming and yelling, we got Mac Jones. Um, I got to ask Brockman, if you were at Rapid Rays right now, what would you order? Oh, my
2: gosh,
0: dude. I would probably like 14 cheeseburgers and five uh, fries. I mean, look, why are you excited about Mac Jones? I mean, look, I get it, and I, I reserve the right to talk myself into this pick about week six when we're two and four and Mac has to start. I just think for me, Jeff, it it didn't excite me. It wasn't sexy. It might be the smart pick, and he might be good, and he might be fine, and we might win a Super Bowl with him at some point. But it just doesn't wow me. I'm not excited today like you are.
5: I just think accuracy and a good defense gets you, well, 17 games now. So 10, 12 wins, you're a playoff team. I mean, as a Pats fan – I've been, for 20 years, been watching football into February. So to have someone that you know is going to be accurate, yeah, maybe his ceiling isn't very high, but he was under Saban, and Belichick and Saban are buddies. So I just feel like there's hope. 2021 has hope. That's all I'm saying.
0: I get it. and So I guess for you, the ceiling on this Mac Jones pick is, what, the early Brady years, like the 01 to 06 seasons, you know, before Randy Moss came in and 50 touchdowns and – he became an absolute juggernaut, greatest of all time. Sure, uh,
5: Trent Dilfer type, maybe manages the game. Uh, nothing against Trent Dilfer, but uh, just to have that and, and and move forward. That's just that's where I'm at.
0: Thanks, guys, for taking my call. I feel
4: you. Thanks, brother. Be good. Two Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate the call. Um, I, I'm with Jeff, Brock. You're into this pick. I, I am so into this pick. This, I this was my comp. This Mac Jones was was a overly successful Tom Brady coming out of college. So you're getting the guy you've had for the last 20 years but with a better reputation coming out of college. I feel. I feel like he's going to fit into in, into Josh McDaniel's offense like a glove. They have to, now no one thought Tom Brady could do any of what he did. He was a six-round pick.
0: Yeah, he was a six-round pick
4: for he a doesn't. Reason. He doesn't even get on the field if Drew Bledsoe doesn't you know, crack his sternum. Right. In that game, we don't know who Tom. Brady. Now, I I feel like what was inside him was ultimately going to come out in some way, shape, or form because it's just you can't you can't hide that. Everything is broke the right way for Tom Brady. Yes. He gets drafted by the Cleveland Browns instead of Spurgeon. Win not in the league. We don't know who Tom Brady is. Right. So going to this organization, if I'm Mac Jones and, and and if there was a fleeting moment at any point last night and you felt like you were sliding, if you really felt like you were supposed to be the third pick in the draft, then then there may some be, be some delusions of grandeur you have going on there. But you falling, and if you want to call it falling to the 15th pick in the draft to the New England Patriots, then that's on you. This is a great <laughs> thing. Jeff, I'm with you here. I'm going to get Brock Shady out here on the golf course and, and make him believe, believe in the MAC train. Here we go. Here we go. I All right. One
0: last, one last point on this. I think it's just like you're married for 20 years yep. and then you get a divorce. You don't remarry this like the same type of person who looks the same and the same personality, right? And I think that's just what Mac Jones is. You go for the younger, sexier, flashier. You kind of upgrade, so to speak. And I just think going for a Trey Lance, going for a Justin Fields would have been totally different. It would have been totally new and
4: totally exciting. And as a fan, that's what I was looking for. Well, sometimes you just need you just need that safety. You know, you want to feel comforted. You know, you want to. You like this. You like this girl, uh, and you want to have that reciprocated. You know, I, I, I get it. I get it. It's just I. I, I want. I want. It's, it's I want not the, the sports comfort. car. We
0: we drafted a minivan,
4: and that's and that's totally, well, guess what? And that's they, totally fine. And that's totally fine. Then and you've never been. A, you've never been part of an organization that's drafted, drafted. I had to
0: go through all of this. Yeah. So well, I guess also, and you've never had to draft
4: anything flashy. You you just you went about your business. Right. So I, I feel like it was the right move. I feel like. If I'm Bill Belichick and I was sitting there and I'm watching this play out and you're going, I'm not going to have to do anything. I'm going to be able to sit right here at 15 and get the quarterback possibly of my future. Then, I, yeah, I, I'm a, yeah, I'm I'm a happy camper. Eddie and Ian
0: Rapport had a, had a report this morning that Bill is kind of excited about grooming a new young quarterback, and this might re-inspire him a little bit because I'm sure when you have Tom Brady, you take that for granted after a certain point in 20 years and six championships you know, you can rest on your laurels a little bit and now you can go back to work with this And
4: guy. I like there's a, there's a similarity there. Cam Newton, similar to Drew Bledsoe in terms of being a wily veteran and you got a guy coming in. So uh, I think it's a great opportunity. I look forward to it. We'll get to more of your calls uh, after we come back from break. Um, oh, Steve Weiss will join us as well. You've been listening to The Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf and we'll be right back. I think I think that uh um I think it's a good move. I, I, what I did like is I liked what the Dallas Cowboys did, TJ. Oh, me too. You know, I, I think that uh I liked Micah Parsons. There was a lot of knocks on him for what, you know, some some off the field stuff and yeah. and, and the opt out. I mean, what's interesting is if you remember correctly, Jerry Jones making the point that like, you know, we don't we didn't necessarily like the guys that opted out last year and then they go and draft draft <laughs> the guy that that did. Um, you
5: can't really hold that against anyone. I'm sorry.
4: No, so you can't.
5: We were in a worldwide pandemic, folks, so a lot of people weren't sure. You don't know what's going to happen.
4: Um, and But what's interesting in all this is I do think it's, it's going to set up a, a bit of a precedent. I really do. I think that we're going to see more players, you know, if they're in a position of power in terms of like, you know, let's say, let's say Trevor Lawrence after winning the national championship is the number one overall pick. And he can't be drafted for two more years. I, I, I'm gonna. I believe there's gonna be some players now moving forward that, because the word opt out hadn't existed. Yeah, the word exists now in the vocabulary of these young players, and they will say, "Hey, I'm I, I'm not gonna take the chance of getting injured." Essentially, what Davis Mills did, uh, because of the injuries that he had at Stanford, he essentially opted out of next season to be a professional football player, and so I could see that happen more down the line, because the word has been introduced to these players. They can go sign with an agent. They can train and train and train and get ready for it. The only disappointment, and we heard it from a lot of players, Rashawn Slater being one of them last night, about how disappointing it was not to play in that season. It was a shortened season in the Big Ten, but still watching his teammates, guys he's worked really hard with over the years and not being able to play with them. That will be ultimately the thing that, that holds some guys back. But I would not be surprised at all if we see players here in the next five years uh, after having a breakout year and being considered a high draft pick, if they're not eligible, opting out of the next year and presenting themselves ready for the, uh, the NFL draft the next year. I really do believe that's going to be the case. Um, when we come back, uh, like I said, we're going to talk to Steve Weish uh, from NFL Network. Talk to him about what the Atlanta Falcons did what they're going to do. We're going to talk about um, some of the mistakes I thought were made in the first round, and we're going to get to more of your calls uh, at 844-204-RICH. You're listening to The Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf, and we'll be right back.